In the most terrible and intense days of the war in Afghanistan, the writer Sebastian Junger somehow got himself embedded with an army unit in the Karengal Valley. He says the Karengal is a beautiful and dangerous valley with all kinds of rocky perches for snipers to sit and take aim. During the hardest days of the war, sometimes 80% of the casualties in the whole country came from this one valley. The rest of the country would be quiet, and soldiers in the Karengal Valley were in intense danger. He says for his unit, the days were either exceptionally boring or filled with terror. And in such a dangerous place, he started to wonder why some units take heavy casualties and some units do not. Related to that, Paul is taking up this question of why some churches take heavy casualties and some do not. Why do some communities of faith thrive and others wither over time? It's complicated, of course, but Paul has an idea as he writes to these divided people in Rome. But first of all, his advice is, frankly, exhausting. Who can do all of that? Who can love with genuine spirit, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with the sorrowful, be patient, bless our enemies? It's all possible but not for all of us, and certainly not all on the same day. The good news, though, is that the instructions in this passage are all in the plural. As our southern friends say, Paul is saying, all y'all, everybody. As one writer says, all of the verbal forms are plural, as if Paul is saying, don't try this alone. We do this together. In church, is where we learn to do it. Church is the school for our souls. If we need to learn to be kind, we learn it here. If we need to learn generosity, we learn it here. If we need to learn compassion, this is our classroom. God scatters a few wise teachers in our midst, but most of all, we learn this from each other, from being aggravated, from working together, from being challenged, from being embraced, from being accepted, from seeing where we go wrong and doing it better next time. One writer takes it a step further and says, so when you meet someone who is really difficult, someone who pushes your ability to stay with them, the answer is to stay in touch and stay focused on God's love. In the process, you get a sense of how God loves you So Paul, is Paul saying that we need a high level of spiritual skill to live together? He's saying, in fact, it goes the other way. In living together, we develop our spiritual skills. We know each other. Our triggers, our flaws, our pet peeves are on full display. The full-on embrace of our shortcomings happens here and turns into spiritual growth. When we dress up, when we pretend our kids are perfect, that work is great, that we have money in the bank, that our romantic lives look like Instagram posts, then no one can connect. But when we embrace our imperfection, 
Admit what's wrong. Say where we don't feel good. That things hurt. Then we are on this path that Paul describes. I notice he's not talking about perfection. He's talking about effort. About what happens when people disagree. Which is not the end of community. But the beginning of it. As far as I can tell, every church since the beginning of time has had disagreements. Even the people who spend all their time in the very presence of Jesus quarrel with each other. And it's what we do with the disagreement that makes us or breaks us. So why do some army units do better than others? Sebastian Junger says that under fire, soldiers have to make dozens of decisions. Some of you know this from your own lives. Sometimes there's a conflict between what's best for the soldier and what's best for the whole unit. Run up the hill or down, take cover or fire. And when soldiers are trained to pick every single time the thing that benefits the group, they take fewer hits overall. And so this is true for the church too. We have dozens of decisions to make together. Go this way or that way. Speak up or keep quiet. Make someone accountable or let them slide. Help out or take a rest. Support this worthy effort or that one. And when we consistently choose what benefits the whole group, we take fewer hits and we grow stronger. We often think that a deep spiritual life is about what we feel. But Paul says, no, it's about what we do. And more importantly, that we can get better at it. It's a set of skills that we hone over a lifetime, how we act, our commitments, our growth. And so he says, hold tight to the good. And the word in the original language is equivalent to glue. Glue yourself to the good. Super glue yourself to your community of faith. Super glue yourself to wise people. Super glue yourself to the skills and habits that make you better. Let love be genuine, not perfect, not impressive, not showy, genuine. And from that, we grow into this depth that Paul has in mind for us. Not just you or me, all of us together. That's the sign of a church that is alive and will stay alive. By grace, we are glued together and glued to God. May we always be moving in that direction. Amen.